This is yours. This is ours. This is mine. What's up and welcome to Mines. I'm driving to work right now. And having realized something the other day, uh, I'm on the, the journey to finding new catharsis. To figuring out what it is I could do in my waking life um, without being under the influence of drugs or alcohol that really, you know, like gets me off, really just like lets me get pumped, maybe shows me something new and exciting, or um, uh, kind of a newer, uh, fresher version of something that I've always been into. I don't know what that is exactly, but I'm hoping I'll figure it out. Um, I had an opportunity to go to an open mic last night that I blew because I was lazy this weekend and didn't, uh, didn't do, didn't fulfill some work obligation, um, and ended up having to do it yesterday. So there went that. And I couldn't help but just kind of wallow in the emptiness of, you know, having built myself up to do this thing. You know, it's, it's sort of like, it's not an easy thing to just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do that and go do it. It's a, it's a very, very taxing, uh, emotionally taxing and um, you know mentally taxing sort of commitment to go out and share your jokes you know in front of complete strangers I'm just you know I, I'm, I'm getting that there are people that like to find a comfortable place for them to repeat going and, and I, I intend to do that but I, at the same time I also want to get into just kind of showing up at any mic and doing my thing there in front of complete strangers to really be able to gauge my work and uh, and know that I'm hitting, you know, getting closer to that universal truth that, that makes everybody laugh. And that's, you know, that's sort of like the job. Um, <clears throat> so that being said, I, you know, I, I missed this opportunity. Uh felt bad about it and just kind of I don't even know what I'm saying right now I'm driving to work right now there's people driving like idiots on the freaking road um I feel like my life's been in a slump for really who knows how long I you know I just like for the first time in my life I'm seeing that you know my decisions behind me and everything in front of me are really um, set up in a way where it's completely up to me. You know, I didn't educate myself and put myself on the uh, the fast track to some, you know, high-paying job or, or or place in middle management where I could just make a comfortable living, being miserable. Uh, and, and that was partly by for the reasons of uh, of not being miserable for the rest of my life you know like that doesn't seem to be the way to live I don't think it was uh, you know I don't think it is why we're here and um, for that reason I don't intend 
to live my life that way. You know, but it does leave you with this scary looking void that just stares right back at you, you know, and the worst part is like, you know, you stare into it or you, you, you come of age and realize that it's there. You see it, you look at it, and then as you get older, you start to stare into it. And then one day you just realize it's staring right back at you. With these cold, dead eyes that you can't tell if they're like waiting for you to perform uh, or, or laughing condescendingly at you, you know, that you're flailing about and are never going to make anything of your life. <clears throat> if they're, you know, staring encouraging eyes or, or what, you know, it's just, there's just this cold stare. That maybe, you know, as I talk about it now, maybe it's just really a reflection of what what I'm feeling, you know? So it's like if if I'm looking at and laughing at myself, maybe that's what the eyes are, are, are doing. And if, you know, if I'm confident and feeling good, you know, then the eyes I feel like are looking at me like, okay, like, go do it, you know, clown. Do your thing. And uh, show us what you got. You know, so I don't know. It's just that's been where I've I've been. That is where I've been uh, lately, mentally. The headspace I'm occupying, and I don't know how to get around it. And um, you know, I don't think there is getting around it. I think there's figuring something out and uh, putting it forth. Because I'm, you know, I'm entertainment geared. I'm not really great at anything but it's it's what gets my blood boiling you know it's it's the only thing that I that I see that you know uh, I did just recently come to the realization that you know between writing and uh, and 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 writing jokes and trying to write sketches and you know even doing this podcast that these are all things that I can't put down until they're perfect. I mean, the podcast, I'm a little punk rock about that. That's the one thing that, you know, I try to do very little editing. I try to eat my words when I say them, uh, as long as it's not anything, you know, just outlandish or, or, or crazy. Uh, and, and just kind of put it out there because that's sort of a representation, as close of a representation of me as I can get out there at the, at the time. You know, slowly I'm trying to figure out my voice, but that's always, uh, that's always tricky. Even if you do find the trick to it, you're still just either an elevated version of yourself or um, just an alternate version of yourself. So your own voice could be, you know, just what you get good at uh, in the end. And that could be just completely not you. I'm trying to exercise pretty much every muscle that I've heard about that I've seen as far as um, you know writing goes but you know I, I type things little ideas in my phone so that uh, you know little premises premises and things um, as such don't escape me that I don't lose it I try to take in my 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 real life the things that are going on around me things my kids say my wife says things my mom says and um, 
and and you know like just jot them down if they make me chuckle a little bit they might make you know a, a, a real crowd laugh you know a little harder I've got this kind of silenced jaded uh, version of myself that I I, I drag myself forward through <clears throat> that I filter things through because I'm just so used to like you know just being the odd man out and and you know I worked on trying to be quieter and less exuberant and uh, excitable about things and now it's, it's biting me in the butt because I can't really just take in my my surroundings as quickly as I see people around me doing it and it makes me jealous it makes me angry you know I feel like uh I feel like I'm not, you know, up to par with the level of intelligence of the people around me. And then I just, like, I, I lean back on this whole college-educated thing, and then I think back to, like, you know, being breastfed and, you know, being nurtured as a kid, and I wasn't breastfed. By, by, by breastfed, I mean that I wasn't breastfed. And it's just, like, my whole thing is, like, okay, I'm not college-educated, nor was I breastfed, so I was just really set up kind of for, fa for failure, set up to just be one of these drone existences that just, like, you know, crosses people at the, at the, at the crosswalk or collects the, the shopping carts at the, at the local, you know, food store or, um, you know, is just, like, a cashier or whatever. And, and, and if this is, like, what you do right now, like... You, even and you're insulted, like, I apologize, but that's just not how I looked to spend my existence. I've even considered Uber and started the process of, uh, of getting my one car uh, qualified for it and myself qualified for it. And then I just had, like, a flashback of getting a cab ride in high school to high school from the father of one of the, the basketball stars uh, on the team. And I remember it hitting me then that I'm like, oh, this guy, look at him. He's like, you know, a big loser. I'm going to live through my son and uh, drive cabs, you know, the rest of my life. And now here I am, like, yeah, cool. I'm going to, like, Uber people to their, you know, drunken silliness and then back home hopefully nobody throws up in my car or tries to rob me or stab me and it's just like there you are you know there you are Jay and that's you know it's been sort of like one of the ongoing sub themes of, of my of my life lately that like you know I actually when I look back on it was a pretty shitty kid like a like a shitty kid and it's because I was angry and I didn't have any guidance and um you know nobody to really look up to and then when people like came out of the woodwork out of the, the world and were like oh this kid seems angry and like he's got no guidance let me tell him a couple things and I'd be like fuck you person you're not my dad I don't need you I'm doing just fine all by myself you know see I'm living I'm breathing I always knew how to make money so that was like the one thing that I had until I 
got a little older and realized, like, I don't want to be a money hoarder. I don't want to, I'm not trying to make millions so that I can have some meager existence at the end where I'm just spinning a hamster wheel. It's not my bag. Just give me enough to get to the next day so that I can keep up my creative uh, existence and whether or not I turn it into something lucrative or famous or whatever it is, I just need that. I need to just be doing it all the time. And that's part of my problem. So anyway, back to the shitty kid thing. You know, it's just, I guess, always like that. <clears throat> and then I realize now, like, that's that's why, you know, I'm surrounded by the people that I'm surrounded by, which is very few and far between, you know, because I just, like, don't really fit in. coming to terms with the fact that like you know it's my fault it's me not everybody else and that's fine but I'm not happy I'm not happy with myself uh, I'm happy that that I'm chipping away at something that is for the first time equal parts difficult and um, but like so worthwhile to work on and, like, in my heart, like, worthwhile for me to do. Whether or not there's a payoff. It's just, like, this is some work that, like, you know, I challenge anybody to do. I had somebody tell me recently, like, oh, yeah, like, I wanted to be, I, like, I always wanted to do, like, I want, you know, I always dreamt about being a stand-up. Like, I, I should try it once. And it's, like, well, once. I mean, you don't really, like unless you're like a star or just have some sort of moment like that once isn't going to be enough like it's most likely not going to be funny and then like you know when like don't you want your moment when you're making people laugh like you know that's kind of sort of how it how it goes so <clears throat> that kind of struck me um you know, I am kind of pleased that, like, there are those around me who are expressing some interest. They're like, oh, like, if you got a show, you know, let us know, whatever. And it's funny that the ones that seem to genuinely care are the ones that understand that, you know, the open mics and this whole first season of whatever it is you want to call it that I'm doing um, kind of isn't where to hang out. Like, that's not really for, like, everyone, the, 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 the people that get to witness that. Um, are like a firing squad, you know what I mean? And they can either fire off laughter or they could fucking kill you. Also, I recently just saw, just watched a guy bomb at a comedy show that I went to who uh, was obviously a, a newcomer and, and had asked the host for some time and just really... Uh, just flew that line of just unnecessary material you know having to do with like you know being with 
girls that have boyfriends. You know, it ended up being sort of part of the prom, the the premise. But then, like talking about like eating a girl out on our period and how it was like having a mouthful of change, and it just but it just the execution was 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 wrong, was bad. Um, and you know, you felt it. The vacuum was palpable, and in the end, I couldn't help but you know understand and 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 know where the guy is coming from like yeah at one point in his head this was genius and it's not about the material all of the time had he delivered it with uh, a little more bravado and just an attitude of whatever it would have probably slayed because it was like that really uncomfortable kind of stuff that, you know, when done right, it really cuts through, you know, these social shields that, that we hold up. Like, oh, no, I'm prim and proper. Or I'm like, I don't do that. Or on your period, like, ooh, I don't go near a woman on her period. Like, that's like, that week's for me. That's me time. You know what I mean? Like, no, you don't. Like, you, for the most part, we, and I'll speak for uh, some of us, maybe most of us. Maybe I'll say most of us. We get in there. When the moment's right, the moment's right. And then, uh, you know, <clears throat> I think I'm just going gonna, gonna to back it off there. But, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's pretty much that. So I don't even know where I went with this. I just kind of, I'm just kind of on a, on a tear. I just felt like getting something out. I feel like I hit something though, because I'm not, you know, like I'm not really happy right now, and I, I need to maybe process that. Maybe I just need to get it out, <clears throat> figure it out, work it out. But I will say this: I do know there's an extra layer uh, over top of me today, in particular, because I missed that mic last night. There's another one coming up in a couple days. Uh, but that's a bringer, and I don't know who I'm going to bring. I don't really know that I want to bring anybody, uh, but it's, you know, I think required, and I don't know how I'm going to do with that. Um, well, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to really post any more of the audio of my of my um, my open mics on here because, like, I'm really, like, working some shit out. I posted that early stuff because that's... It was genuine, and, um, you know, it was sort of a naked expression, like, you know, look at me at my most vulnerable. And it was kind of like the genesis of this whole thing also, so that whoever listens and, and cares can see where I came from. And hopefully one day, if I'm ever doing something, they can see me there. And, you know, as the, as the levels come, if they are to come, uh, that can just be a contrast uh, to look at. And, uh, and, and take in, you know. So that's all. So it's another tired Tuesday morning. Um, the last few Mondays I've spent waking up at 6 to help get the kids ready for school. Uh, 
going to work, finishing up work by myself because Liz is going to school uh, and has to leave by noon. So that leaves me with like usually just a couple hours of work left to finish by myself. Uh, not too bad. But then after that, it's immediately to run and grab my kids from school, drive them to their grandparents' house, let them in, set them up to do their homework, uh, have a snack prepared with me to leave with them. And then I am off to the city. I drive an hour to Staten Island, hop on the ferry into Manhattan, and take the one train up to uh, up to West 78th Street to Stand Up New York. Now, last night I went um, and I had a great set, man. Uh, the last, actually. I've, let's say this is the 11th time that I've I've done uh, comedy open mic, and it was my first good set. My first good set. And I would say that my first, all of my first sets were, um, you know, were for me to work through some material, uh, get my my stage legs, and really figure out how to keep your cool uh, under the lights and uh, and uh, and amidst the vacuum you know the vacuum that is when your job is to um, elicit laughs from the crowd it was never too bad I'm not a I'm not weak-willed like that I'm not you know I'm not a pussy so I can take you know bombing a joke bombing a set five minutes in front of staring eyes isn't an easy thing for most people um and i I don't have a problem with that you know my my problems in the last few weeks uh in regards to comedy had to do with um you know that ever that ever growing sensation of like uh you know should you be doing this like is this really for you um are you that guy um are you funny And, you know, if, if you go through that, but you can't, you know, week after week, drag yourself to another show and just commit to the tide, you know, to the to the whirlpool that you've just jumped into, getting banged around and, you know, uh, just thrown in, in every different direction. Uh, then you're not cut out for it, you know. There's probably something else for you, which is fine. I mean, I'm not to say that this is exactly for me, but uh, I uh, I weathered the storm and made it through my first good set. Made it to my I made it to my my first set of good material. And uh, dare I say, I've got five minutes. They're not a solid five. <clears throat> But with the way everything flows, even the jokes that got no laughs sort of set my punchlines up for the next for the next bits or whatever it was. Um, and I had a blast, man. I, I got a laugh on my first joke. That felt good. And then out of uh, about eight jokes that I did, eight or nine, uh, a majority of them got laughs. You know, 
maybe two of the jokes or three of the jokes had two parts and um, you know a couple of them the one part got the laugh or you know, the first part got the bigger laugh and that's all you know I'll, I'll rework all that um, I just gotta listen back you know I'm recording every set and I have to say man after coming off of that and just reeling I uh, made my way to, to my improv class to 37th, between 36th and 37th on 8th Ave for Upright Citizens Brigade Improv 201. And I had a great class. The second to last class, we have a break next Monday, one more class the Monday after that, uh, and, then, um, and then our show is that weekend at, uh, at the Beast, UCB East. Now, the point of this class, which, you know, that, that differentiates our graduation show from the first class, is that in this, this one, we were charged with finding game, which is the peculiar thing, or the very specific thing, or the unusual thing of the scene, framing it, and then making game moves off of that. Now, if you don't know what that means, it's basically, you know, if, if, if through... Uh, improv initiation you come up with that uh, you know your friend seems to bring you to this restaurant every every time they want to tell you bad news that would be your usual thing and you would sort of frame that in the scene by saying you know it seems like every time we're at you bring me to this restaurant it's to tell me some really bad news so you play you know game moves off of that where, you know, the other person can deliver some bad news there and right away to make a make a game move right away, and then go into some conversation, and um, you know you can either like deliver ever worse news as the scene continues, or you can talk about you know past times where bad news was delivered. Or, you know, the, the other, the scene partner can sort of uh, coyly um, deny any bad news, which, you know, playing coy in a scene is actually against one of the rules, so you kind of play that only for like, uh, uh, you know, a few seconds or a minute or so, and then deliver some really bad news. Anyway, uh, on top of finding game, we're also charged with uh, creating a second beat off of that quote-unquote game, which would be, you know, you could do an analogous scene where uh, perhaps you got a family on a Disney vacation and the wife says to the husband, like, uh, every time you bring us to Disney, it's to tell us that, uh, you know, one of, one of our, our relatives died. <clears throat> you know, just something like that, something unusual, something specific, that um, it's got some some feel to it, some bite to it, and then you play games off of that. Game, uh, and that would be your second beat. So usually the first, the people that played the first scene would step out later in the show, and uh, and do the second beat after the first round of scenes. And. Um, you know, and then you can play a third beat off of that, which we were also 
charged with uh, finding third beats for this for this show. And um, you know, you could do something uh, crazier and grander, like uh, you know, two astronauts. Like, oh, every time we get out to space, you tell me some really bad news. You know, just something like that. So, like, the, those are your first, second, and third beats. Um, the first beat, the first scene is usually very exploratory and. Um, you know, that's where you find your who, what, where, and you really iron out what the game is, identify it, and uh, and justify it also, which is also a thing that we were charged with doing, not only finding the game, but then justifying the behavior that, you know, that frames the game. On top of that, we were also charged with, uh, with editing our own scenes you know, by doing a sweep edit, which would be someone who's not in the scene uh, finding a really good time, allowing the scene to breathe and 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 um, and exist for you know a couple minutes or whatever it is, making sure that you know a game was found and that game moves were made, and then finding um, where the scene will end on a big laugh you know it's really the main key is not to satisfy the plot or really make sure that there are enough game moves although you don't want to cut this scene too early um and then just realizing you know like at a at a if the scene has had enough time to exist and then there's uh, a really big punchline, just like a really good twist and there's like a good belly laugh or gut laugh or or something that makes the crowd go like, you know, it's like, boom, one of the people from the back line will run out across the scene in front of, in between the scene and, and the audience, and that signifies that the scene is over and that you move on. Now, you can't self-edit, so you can't really just set yourself up to, you know, make a punchline and then go, ah, scene, you know, scene's over. Um, so it, that's really where the whole group think uh aspect comes in where your your scene your um your backline really has to participate in listening um which helps in doing you know tag tag runs and um and and tag outs and stuff like that which you know maybe i'll explain at a different time but so we've really upped the stakes as far as the scenes go for our second show and I can't wait it's in a couple of weeks I'm gonna invite everybody I gotta make sure that I tell everyone the correct date of the show and uh, and that it's actually in <clears throat> uh, at the other theater I'm tired man I also went, uh, I took a walk to, instead of doing the jam last night, I wanted to get home fairly earlier. And uh, so I decided, like, all right, well, I want to go to this uh, Giraffe Tongue Orchestra show coming up, which is the super group with Ben Wyman from Dillinger, um, Brent Hines from Mastodon, Thomas Pridgen, who played drums on, uh, like, the third or so, um, our fourth uh, Mars Volta album, uh, amazing drummer. I believe one of the the bass players, or the bass player from either Pearl Jam or Soundgarden, one of those bands. Um, and I don't know the guy's name, but the uh, the new singer for Alice in Chains. 
that guy. So, I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's some uh, some some weird stuff. I'd say like uh, I forget what I called it last night, but I said something like um, glam pop or I forget, just something like that. Just really weird well put together songs so that's where the pop comes in but just like I don't know just strange stuff uh, so I w- took a walk over to the Gramercy to pick up some tickets I like buying tickets at the door I like taking walks through the city um, to check out new parts I like uh, you know taking different subway lines um, just to familiarize myself with the underbelly of the city and I get there, and, you know, it's, it's, my life is my life. I don't uh, categorize it by days of the week. So it's a Monday night in the city, and the Gramercy is closed, of course. Yeah, I figured I would pick up the tickets while I was out in the city. Anyway, that's really what got me doing the stand-up sets. I figured if I'm going to be out there, I might as well do some stand-up in New York. I actually can't wait to do a local one and, uh, and kill. I hope that's what I hope that's what happens. So my trip to the Gramercy was sort of a waste. Nothing really over there, you know. Nothing like my runs to the to the East Village to um, to go over to the uh, to the Beast. Um, but nice nonetheless, because I was able to to just head home a couple hours earlier. So immediately after my set at uh, Stand Up New York, I I texted my set, texted the audio to <clears throat> my wife and uh, her cousin, who are like probably the, the closest people in my life. And Frank, her cousin, um, you know, I'm sort of considering my my comedy buddy right now. He's a super well-trained musician, self self-taught. Driven individual, but has always had this deep-seated love for comedy. You know, has kind of wanted to to do a stand-up set. Um, you know, deep down in his heart, and uh, you know, and the funny thing is, like, I'm trying to self-train myself uh, at comedy and do this thing as hard as he does music. Um, but I also spent, you know, 15 years playing music, playing the guitar earnestly and, you know, obviously not pushing myself hard enough, not really um, familiarizing myself with the history and all that. And my passion sort of died out as I, as I hit this, this portion of my life and my journey. And, um, but this comedy thing, you know, I can sort of do it myself. I don't have to rely on a band. So that's sort of really what ironed out the, the final, uh, or really put the, the final nail in the coffin. So we've got this sort of yin and yang comedy music relationship. And um, and really, truth be told, it was, it was sending him the audio of my first sets that really helped me to put it into perspective. I realized that that stuff was kind of garbage. Maybe I can revisit it and kind of look, uh, you know, use a different um, comedy brush 
on it and bring it back to life at a later point. But, um, you know, it was really just kind of the admitting that to myself and, and letting it go. And um, that, that broke way for all of the stuff that I killed with last night, you know, and it just immediately happened as soon as I shared that with him, um, that this thing broke open in my head and, and I was able to like finally dial in some of those one-liners that I uh, so infamously speak about not having. So over the last week, there was like, you know, five or six of them that came out. The couple came out right away. The other couple, sort of the premise popped out and then I was able to, you know, iron out the, uh, the punchlines. Now, this stuff I'm not going to be airing on the show because uh, I feel that I've reached a point where, where a little bit of secrecy and a little bit of um, mystery will actually add to to my show, and uh, and that perhaps you know somebody out there will um, you know if you hear that I'm doing something or I'm going to be somewhere that you'll come out and check it out because I'm feeling positive about this stuff. I I can actually stand behind this stuff. I can stand up and, you know, uh, and defend my comedy. And this is stuff that's straight from the heart and from my personal perspective of things. <sighs> Ooh, I'm tired, man thought this was going to be a little more upbeat but at the same time I'm tired because I was doing something that I love and I'm burning the candle at both ends and when you're doing something <clears throat> in that manner you can feel good about it so I'm at work right now I had a cancellation so I got one less job to do hopefully I can go food shopping and get some sleep later on or take a nap but I just wanted to check in with you guys and uh, and let you know let you know this stuff. You know, mine's is is my personal journey. Little uh, audio diary of what the hell this this guy's trying to do, what I'm trying to do with my life, with my days. And I'm happy because this uh, hand recorder has really brought a more personal touch to this whole thing. And I really feel like this show is going to take a turn. I may have mentioned that already. But uh, I'm feeling it now, you know? I'm feeling it. Bringing this thing along with me. It's it's there with me. I failed to get it to record my set last night. But I did have my phone going as a backup. So I've got the evidence, man. So if you really need to hear it, I have it. And if you want to hear it that bad you can figure out where I'm going to be. <laughs>